Sean. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to the show. We have Austin, Texas's own rising R&B star joining me here on the show here tonight. Goes by the name of Grace Sorensen. Brand new song out now, Digits. I checked it out. But welcome to the show. Sports have about DJ Mad Max, Light 365, IR Radio. How's your night going? Thanks so much for having me. Um, I've been having a great day. So the typical, like, you know, good evening. How's yours? It's it's all right. Are you inspired at all by any of the Grammy performances last night? Did you catch up on the Grammys? Absolutely. I usually, weirdly, I don't usually watch it, but I watched it last night. And I thought Beyonce, like, just the way she carries herself is so stunning. I love the God Did performance at the end. That was super dope. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really all around very nice, very, very classy. Yeah, I was surprised how hip-hop-based it was this year because the Grammys is always known for screwing hip-hop and all the urban genres out there. So That's I was true. Surprised I guess see. it was... Yeah. Yeah, I think it was probably just the, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, you know? So maybe just because of that, but, you know... You'll never know. Yeah, I'm hoping it brings about better change. But Robert Glasper won for your genre, of course, the R&B. How do you feel about that win and just what you see next for the genre? Yeah, he's incredible. I'm, I mean, I've been such a Robert Glasper fan for a minute. Um, pretty much every collab he's done, is, it just blows me away. So I, I feel like the, I'm really glad it went to a true musician or a true artist, you know, a true person that really understands like his craft and loves it. So I was excited for that. I want to take it now because there's this thing that's going around with the Grammys now. I've noticed last night Kanye started it, of course. Just you notice all the artists just want to go out there when they're not winning the award because you see yeah. it on their faces. You see all the fans are really outspoken. I don't know if you saw the Harry Styles video, someone yelling that Beyonce should have won. Yeah, I know. And I was more shook about him beating um who is he winning against Adele and Beyonce? Yeah. It's crazy, but I'm like, hey, like everybody deserves their flowers, and I think he did great this year. So, yeah, I think it was it was deserved. It, it, say when you get to that stage, because it's gonna happen. We're gonna get all into <laughs> your career and music. Say when you get to to that stage. I did hear that when you were younger, you were always in the principal's office. You were loud and eccentric. Let's say that you got snubbed someday, which you're gonna get your award. Say if you got snubbed on un unfortunately, unexpectedly, you have the biggest album, it's getting played everywhere. What would you do if you're in that audience? Would you just let people have their moment and be like, this is gonna motivate me to step up to the next level and make sure that I'm gonna be on there next? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think if you're if you're trying to like put people down to lift yourself up, like you're doing something wrong. So I don't know. I'm just like I'm like the ultimate hype man because I, you know, have not really been the one in the spotlight for a lot of times so I'm used to being like the one that's like the energy in the room that's like excited for the people around me because most of the time like as an artist it's it's a group effort you know it's a group work so it's like the people around you that are working just as hard as you like you just have to use that as motivation and see the see the gifts that they have and like understand that everybody has a gift that needs to be given you know so yeah I think you should always lift other people up. I would just be, I'd be out there just like partying, enjoying myself, you know, watching them strut up to the stage. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I think people should more take that approach and, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really just at each other's throats this year. You see it, but how did you relate to the, just the words that no one believed in me when we look at the song God did and what ways did that relate to you? Because any creative in their field, you have people that just don't support you, never believe in you. So did that strike a nerve with you at all? Totally. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had experiences yeah. like this. I'm sure, you know, pretty much everybody that's doing something that's not the status quo. Um, you get a lot of people that 
that not necessarily tell you like, oh, you can't do this. Cause I feel like people know that they get canceled for saying that. So people have other ways around it, you know, by, by kind of doing things behind your back or saying things behind your back to kind of put you down or, or just not necessarily being as genuine or, or, you know, people that don't really give you any type of help when you need it or things like that. And there definitely are some haters, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like the power of God is very, is very um, obvious in my life. So I, I just am grateful that like there's a higher power watching over me. So I don't have to worry about, you know, doing it all on my own. So, yeah. And we can see that. So I, I want to get into your story because I discovered you, I think a couple weeks ago, I just found out about your song Digits because it released. I don't know if I came across it on a YouTube ad or Instagram. It came up and I said, what is this? Because I'm so rooted into old school R&B. What are the artists are doing today? Like, I think Pusha T should have won hip hop album of the year. Yeah. You know, Kendrick yeah. took it home, whatever. So <laughs> when I look at it, I really care about the authenticity authenticity of the sound and where it really came from. We see how we get back to the greats. And I know you get your fashion sense from Aaliyah. So when I heard digits, it just brought me to this world of like, wow, this is this is the next superstar to me. When I see you, I see Sade, I hear Aaliyah. When those two artists, that's what you get with Grace Sorensen, in my opinion. When I listened to when I heard that, I was like, I had to reach out, get you on the show. All of a sudden, they, now you're going to be in the lineup for South by Southwest 2023. Congratulations on that. We're going to deep, get, we're going to get deep into that. You're opening up for Diana Ross. It's already proven right there. Not everyone gets to open up for a legend like that. <laughs> but Digis is the one that really brought me in 100%. So just walk me through where the roots come from, from the hip hop side of things, because your dad introduced you to reggae, blues, and classic rock. So where did that hip hop element came into what inspired the great stitches like Sade to have that hip hop edge to them with the soul, which you have? Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. And thank you for like mm -hmm. all that, that, those flowers. Um, basically, I grew up around um, a lot of music lovers. Like there's not a lot of musicians in my family. My grandma um, has a stunning voice and she grew up in Mexico. Um, so she wanted to pursue a music career. She did, she sang in mariachi bands um, all, all throughout her life. Um, and still does. Um, but in Mexico, there weren't that many opportunities for things like that. So she moved here um, and then me. Um, but because of her, there's a lot of influence of uh, Latin sound in my life, um, along with my mom, like salsa and all that. And then on my dad's side, he's from Arkansas. So he, um, I guess he just grew up around a lot of um, hip hop and, and where he grew up and he listened to a lot of LL Cool J. So he was really excited to see him um, on the stage last night too. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it at my parents' house and he was like, oh, that's LL Cool J. So yeah, that was super exciting for him. Um, and he, I actually didn't listen to Sade very much growing up, um, but my dad loves her. He says like, if he didn't marry my mom, like he would have married um, Sade. So um, <laughs> obviously, you know, my mom doesn't really like hearing that, but Sade is like one of his favorite artists ever. Um, so I kind of have grown into listening to her. So, and, and then what really got me listening to her was people would say that to me. They would say, oh, you kind of have a Sade vibe. And I'd be like, okay, maybe I need to look into this woman a little more. Um, and of course she's incredible, but yeah, the hip hop edge really came from, my growing up it, around the people I was around and just being influenced by dancing and dancing in hip hop ballet 
Yeah, everything, but mainly like, you know, being a hip hop dancer, you have to be tapped into that musicality and then you pick up things that stay with you as an artist. So, you know, I just brought those elements that I learned through dancing and then it kind of influenced, definitely influenced like the way I make music too. And for the cherry on top for digits, because Magna Carter, it was almost like Missy Elliott coming into that Aaliyah song. Yeah. You know, that's what was so crazy about it when I tuned into it. Yeah, no, Megs is amazing. Like we were in the studio and uh, we were trying to like figure out kind of how to how to grow the song because I wanted the song to have. I like my music to, you know, continually give you a little surprise as it goes through, you know, mm -hmm. just keep it growing. And my producer, we were co-producing it and he was like, well, what if we got a feature on it? And usually I'm not like, I don't usually do a lot of features or have a lot of features, um, but Megs has been one of my close friends for a long time and she's just phenomenal pen game, like everything about her. So I was like, let me just send the beat. Like I was kind of nervous low key because she's <laughs> super dope, um, but I sent it over and she was like, oh, this is awesome. And then had her on the track and I'm, I'm so glad we did because I think it adds such a cool, element especially with two female uh, artists i think that's really powerful too something that's so important that this ties into the whole ll cool j hip-hop 50 years bridging the gap between the generations people said on twitter last night little baby comes on the stage the vibe died i mean yeah I my dad I, said that yeah, yeah. I know. People, people on twitter were saying that i can agree but i'll yeah. put the hate aside everyone can win what's how can we get to the point of where the younger generation can really attract to artists such as yourself what they're doing as far as bringing it back to the roots and keeping that sound alive instead of just being like traps a new hip-hop sound where we want to keep the authenticity alive so how do you think that we can really build upon this and make sure that you're the next you're the future of where ll cool j and Aaliyah came from so how, how do you think that we can make the younger generations you know see that and stamp you as that that's yeah i mean Personally, I think um, giving credit to the greats is so important. It's like, I, I wouldn't be here without all these other legends that were before me and um, people like paved the paths for like our generation and, and the future generations to walk on. So that, that was a big influence in, in my style is like, I love the classic sound. I love classic R&B. I love classic salsa. I love pretty much every genre, just like 40 years ago. So it's like, um, you know, I like bringing that back. And I, I love a lot of new stuff, too. But I think there's a lot of uh, like so many people say, oh, this is so nostalgic. And I think it's cool to give credit and bring back those those nuances of, of old school stuff. And I think, you know, being able to say like, yes, this is exactly where it comes from. Not saying like this is mine, like this is just old school with whatever's happening in this generation. I think as long as like people are giving credit and, and knowing where the roots are, I think like we should always stay connected to it, so. Absolutely, it, yeah. you're curious because you're always big on the old school and giving back. How do you feel about an artist such as Steve Lacey? You know, him winning the Urban Contemporary Album of the Year. What are your thoughts on an artist like him and what he's doing out here? I think he's awesome. I mean, I don't really like, I don't know too much about Steve Lacey. I just know um, he does some incredible production collabs. Um, he's done, so many songs that I really love. Um, I think he's doing amazing things. I think he's had a really strong career. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really don't know too much about him. I, I love him, so yeah. <laughs> I'm here for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you've done some covers of Frank Ocean in the past as well. 
what do you think is going to be his follow-up? Are we going to get this anytime soon? Being a fan of Frank, you think we're going to get a follow-up to Blonde? We've been waiting. I've been praying. I'm just like, dude, we need some more stuff. But I mean, I'm very happy. Like, I, I'm happy replaying the albums. I'm happy, you know, listening to the SoundCloud leaks and stuff like that. So, you know, we have that for now, but I would love to see a new project. But again, I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of like people pressuring artists, like, you know, telling them like, I'm going to like fight you if you don't drop an album. Like it's a little OD, but like, I get it. You know, like fans are excited, but you know, he should take his time. And, and when he's ready, like put out a bomb project and it'll probably like, you know, stop the world like Beyonce's Renaissance. So, yeah, exactly. You mentioned something interesting with putting pressure on an artist with yeah. the whole Steve Lacey thing. People have been giving him the comparison saying that he's the new Prince. They've been saying that Chris Brown's a new Michael Jackson, which is blasphemous in my opinion. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts on th- those pressures? Like say if we're somewhere to say to you that you're the new this, like, whereas I said that if you take Sade and Aaliyah and mix it up, it makes Grace Sorensen. But what if they, they came out and they said that you're the new Rihanna, how would you feel about that? Someone just saying you're, you're the new this, because I feel as though everyone has their own legacy and their own sound. Totally. I mean, I think there's, I mean, you can look at it in two different ways. Like, having someone say that about you it's is- bi- It's a big deal. Incredible, yeah. So like to a, to a large extent, like that would blow me away. And, and you take that with so much like gratitude, but um, at the same time, you know, it also is kind of like, I want people to love me for me. Cause yeah, I'm not, exactly. you know, I'm probably not gonna do, if, you know, if you're comparing me to someone you're probably not gonna be excited. So um, I want people to be cool with like me being me, but also people saying that about artists, I think is super dope. Like giving them, you know, giving them, putting them on that pedestal. And I do like pressure. I think pressure to an extent is really helpful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having artists like knowing that they want to kind of uphold that, that level fill in those shoes to an extent is, is actually kind of a good thing. I agree. I want to get into your backstory here because when we look at the early beginnings here, just finding out about you, we know the backstory about your mom and your dad already, your mom at the dance studio, doing ballet and dance, singing the art school, because when did this come into play? Cause I heard that you didn't go to public school or you went early in the beginning and you hated it. And you said, I need to go to a private art school. (laughs) So tell me all about this because you were, I, I mean, you're a bully. Apparently I heard that online that you were a bully when you were younger. So no, no, not a bully. That's not a bully, but I, you were in the principal's office a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. I was just, I would talk too much. Like, that was the thing. I was, um like, the kid that, like, really loved making friends, and I would just be in class talking too much, and um I think one time, one time I, like, hit a little boy, um, but I think I did it. I don't remember because I was so young, but my mom, like, told me I was in the principal's for it, but I hit a little boy. I think I was defending someone or maybe that was what I thought I was doing in my head. So yeah. But anyways, um, I went through high school, middle school. Normally, um, I was very quiet in middle school, not necessarily quiet, but like, I didn't really have like a group. Same thing in high school. I started off in public school and was just really like, dang, I don't want to do all four years here because it just was so draining. Um, And I never had like a little click. I was cool with pretty much most people, but I never really had a a close friend group. So I didn't really have anything tying me to the school. And I wanted to pursue music and see if I could even do it. Because at that time I was still having to like prove it to my family and to my mom, 
particularly um, so that, you know, she would see that I was serious about what I wanted to do. And so I was just Googling like school alternatives and I found this art school that was kind of a startup at the time. Um, and I went there for two years and uh, it was really not good. Um, I don't want to throw shade, but it was not a very good school. And I ended up um, having to leave with, and almost all the other kids did. Um, and then I went and finished at Round Rock High School and COVID hit. So I actually did my whole senior year online. Um, but yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was an interesting high school experience. Yeah, this to say the least, just learn about your experience, all the bullies around you. I heard about all these fake accounts they would make and just bullying people and sus accounts. I heard about that. Yeah, they'd all be on the cancel list today. So I would hope so. I'm yeah. like, too far, like, or outing people. Like, that was at the time when, like, people would out people for being gay or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, this person is this. And then people would be like, so nasty about it. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, just a lot of nasty stuff, but that's, you know, what you get at public high schools. Yeah. And all those people flop just, yeah. When you look at it, the bullies always flop in school. They're always, yeah. you know, they're the real outcasts because in the end they are the outcasts. <laughs> I want to get into the Cal arts because you wanted to go here originally, but you decided to stay local, stay at home and build up the music here, the fan base, especially with your family there. Yeah. It's so cool that you know that. Um, yeah. So I was going to actually go to college because, you know, typical parents that want you to go study at a four-year college. Um, so I applied and I applied to mostly art schools with the, with the plan of doing music business and then trying to pursue music on the side. But right when the year, the fall season rolled around, I, I really didn't want to go. I had this like gut feeling that was like, yikes, I really don't know if all that money is really going to do much for you. Plus I, I have this like internal compass. So I was kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't know if that's the right direction for me. And luckily um, I have a friend named Sheila who is doing ACL and she needed a Latina singer cause she's a, a Latin artist and uh, our, vo our voice teachers, we had the same voice teacher. So she reached out to me and was like, Hey, like, would you be willing to sing backup for me at ACL? And I was like, um, obviously, uh, I don't know. Actually she asked me to be a dancer and then we, I brought on my dance friends and then became a singer. Um, and that was like the first moment where my parents were like, oh, like maybe you can do this, you know, without college. And so I basically from then on, I deferred at CalArts and then like kept deferring. So I still like, maybe, I don't know. They might, they're probably like, this girl is never coming. But um, yeah, I never went and and probably won't. But shout out to CalArts for giving me a scholarship too. That was awesome. So yeah, it could have been but, cool. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Trust me. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel as though like when you're a talented musician like that, I think you have a gift. When I listen to your music, you have a gift. So when you look at other artists that have made it without going to college, I mean, you could look at all the greats. I mean, Billy Joel made it with. You go down the line, you don't even have to go right down the, yeah. the hip hop and R and B list, and you see all the greats that made it without going to college. I don't think it was necessary for them to go. It's just this is your journey. But I did hear that you were doing something online with NYU with music business or did are you still going through with that yeah i yeah. actually had this because i wanted to learn still like music business just so you know being an independent female artist i wanted to to you know be able to stand my ground and, and know what i'm talking about for the most part so i was looking around for 
online programs. I forget exactly how I learned about it. I think I had a mentor send me the link or something. Um, but I went ahead and did this little program. Uh, it was almost like a summer camp kind of, but just online. And I did that uh, and got my little certification. It's like somewhere in this room. Um, so it's like a certification on music business essentials. And that was super helpful. So if anybody would like to learn more, let me know and I'll send you the link. Mm -hmm. I think that's important too. When you look at the approaches to colleges, you need to take the courses that you're really going to need for your life. If I had to really redo my college experience, of course, I got my show started there. So I would take that experience, cut the snakes out earlier, of course. But yeah. when you really look at speech, public speaking is what really helped me. So I would take that course away. So when you're going to colleges, see if you could do what you did pretty much just take what you need from it instead of getting the whole experience. You don't need philosophy. You don't need theology. You don't need yeah. all this other nonsense. Like math. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not about to take math in college. Like no way. So yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. I, mean, I feel like for you, especially like that's super cool. I feel like a lot of people end up making the best out of it, you know? And I feel like you were able to have that platform to start this podcast, which is incredible. Yeah. So I feel like if I had to go, I, I could have made it work, but I'm just really grateful that like I'm I was able to pursue, you know, what I'm doing now full time. And also in in a kind some people would say it's like a bad influence, but uh you know, show other little girls at like the dance studio and and my other little friends that are younger than me that you know you can do something without you know going to a four-year college. You know, there's all types of options, like little online programs and two-year colleges, two-year programs. So just doing your research and, and really knowing like what you want to do is, is very helpful. You started out going right away, making the connections. You were reaching out to people through email, just being annoying. I heard all about it. <laughs> so yeah, what was the first major connection that you made? Because you don't have ties in the music industry and I'm the same way, I can relate. So what was the first major connection that got you that first opportunity that got to you to where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, big shout out to Orb Recording Studios here in Austin. Uh, Matt Noveski, I reached out to him a long time ago because at that time I just looked up studios in Austin and it looked um, really cool. And at the time I was trying to record some demos that I had made. So I just had like my song Velvet Noise. I just had that written on the guitar and I was like, OK, I'm going to try and record this. So I sent the demo to Matt via email and I was just like, hey, I'm this kid from here in Austin and I'd love to record here. And then he had me come in for like a consultation and uh, we really vibed. And then we recorded my song Velvet Noise. And then from there on, I started working um, at Orb all the time. And then being in that building was really such a big catalyst for a lot of things that happened. That's where I met Black Odyssey and Harry Adokwa. And that's where I was able to record my whole EP and my other songs that I put out. Um, so it's been like such a, such a like staple in, in my career. So I'm very grateful for the things that they've done for me. Um, so that was like really the biggest piece. It's just being in the room, you know, where you might be able to meet people that are important is is really, was really a big turning point for me, just meeting Black Odyssey and, and all of that just really spread. Um, yeah, as well as just doing my other, my outreach as usual via email. Black Odyssey, he's a major inspiration. He had you do some back round vocals is that right he released those songs yet yeah well yeah. He had me, what's crazy is like 
so I met at the studio and he, I, I think I was doing a session that day and he came in to just like, listen. And he was like, Oh, I like your voice. Um, would you be on my project? And I was like, I hadn't even heard him, but he had this vibe. And I was kind of like, I know your project's probably really good. So I was like, sure. And so then he had me come in the studio a couple of days later and uh, he played me the whole project and I sat there like I have a video of me being just absolutely stunned like trying to like show my like snapchat friends like guys like listen to this right now and I was so shook and I went in and recorded the, the feature that I now have on that project and from there on we've just done so much work together so on that project I was on the intro and then I also have some vocals on Benny's got a gun and a lot of new upcoming unreleased stuff on his new project. And then also on some Rhapsody songs. So I've been able to work with her through wow. him, uh, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, there's my voice floats around on a lot of tracks. <laughs> no, that's fire. Congratulations on that. I didn't even know about the Rhapsody thing. And that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> another, that's Rhapsody, in my opinion, is a representation of new female rappers. That's what we, how we would move forward in the new generation. I don't know, not going to get into what was on the stage last night for the newer artists, but Rhapsody should have been up there representing. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, Rhapsody is incredible. Like not yeah. only as a performer, as a writer, as a person, uh, she's just incredible. And it's, it was just a pleasure getting to work with her and getting to see like her process mainly just getting to to study her and learn from her was so incredible to me and and I love working with artists like that that really know what they want so when they ask me to do vocals I, it's it's I get to do my thing but they also get to tell me exactly what what kind of things they want to hear and it's just this cool challenge to me to figure out how to how to translate what they're saying you know mm -hmm. we got to get into Quinn FN of course when an yeah. FN, I heard about this. You, you were watching the Fenty show and you heard all about getting this text message from, from yeah. Vic, I believe, and you got called right to the studio to do this song with him. Yeah, it was literally crazy. So I was just chilling on like a Saturday afternoon or something and I was watching the Fenty show and I wasn't on my phone. So then I finally like opened my phone when it's over and it's three in the morning and Vic is like, yo, like Quinn and FN is in the studio we need a female singer. And I was like, I have to go. So I took my ass to the studio and um, was in there doing my thing at four in the morning and left when the sun came up and no regrets. I absolutely, I love doing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I had been a, a fan of Quinn for a while. So that was super, I, I mean, I couldn't turn that down. Yeah, no, you, you couldn't. That, that was another big opportunity, but the big, big one, which I want to get right into right now was Diana Ross. I mean, open yeah. up for an icon, a legend. I think you got this through your friend's mother who was working with kids who were going through some mental health issues and you're supposed to do the, the young kids show, but that ended up not selling enough tickets. You, yeah. and you get the opportunity to actually open up for Diana Ross. So yeah. how was that in preparation for that? What songs did you perform that you could tell us about? that whole experience. And even if you got to share any words with her or meet her, tell me all about that, this, that legendary experience, which. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be arrived officially. That was the, that was the second show I had ever performed with a band the, like literally just the second one. So I had, because of that show being booked for that was why I got a band together because I was like, there's no way I'm about to come out here with tracks for Diana Ross. So I was like, let me find a band. 
and we just put together the songs that I had at the time. So I think I had released my EP by then. And so I just performed three songs from the EP, super short set. Um, and then Ma Jordan Matthew Young played after me, but it, it was amazing. I mean, the crowd was, was obviously huge because at that circuit of the Americas it's made for people like Diana Ross yeah. so um it was amazing and such a cool learning experience and I got to hang out with her band and whatnot um but as like regarding her I wasn't able to get to say anything to her because this was in like peak COVID or kind of just coming okay, out yeah social distance yeah so we were social distance and it was quite dramatic when she rolled up they had like we were in our green room and then, or I think I was like hanging out outside the green room. And then all these like serious people came by and they're like, get in your rooms, everybody move. She's here, she's here. And I was like, oh, who's here? And they were like, Diana. No, they were saying Miss Ross. So I, I think it might be disrespectful to call her like Diana. So Miss Ross was approaching and they had us all like square away. And then she had like two bodyguards plus her with this like face shield walk down the aisle so I got to see her walk um but I didn't get to talk to her unfortunately but I totally understand like the precautions um but we got to watch her whole set from the side stage so I mean who gets to see that you know it was it was awesome mm -hmm. right. that is amazing and from there did you start to notice the traction really start to pick up then because that's a situation just like that song last night God did that right there is a situation that you were meant to be in this path now did you notice from that moment on after opening up for Diana Ross that things started to really pick up for you from there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think from there people saw that I had a band and that I was capable of performing. So a lot of people asking me to play started happening. So I eventually got booked for a firehouse residency at one of the speakeasies here in Austin and did a bunch of shows with them too and ended up playing so many cool shows this year and hopefully more coming this year. But I think that definitely was a huge turning point, specifically like really just because I was singing my own original music and with a band. Because before then I was only doing like tracks with covers. So it's a big difference, you know, on, on how you're building yourself as an artist. So I think from when people saw that I was becoming like Grace Sorensen, not like a cover artist, that's when people were like, oh, like she's, she's doing, you know, she's able to be, she's bookable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At what point do you stop doing covers throughout your career? Is it now? Because you have an EP out already. You got digits now. I feel like you don't have to do covers anymore. Is that the point now once you establish yourself a little bit more, like right where you're at this point, that covers are over with? Or do you feel as though you want to prove yourself you can remake these songs and do your own covers of them and, and hang with the, the legends of those original makers? Yeah, I think I think I... I mean, usually, typically now in a set, I'll have some covers that blend really well. Like I've done Say Yes by Floetry and a lot of Miguel songs because I love Miguel. And a big lot Miguel of fan. I heard about that. Yeah. Love, yeah. love that man. Um, a lot of Ari Lennox and Summer Walker covers um, just because, I mean, why not? Like I love performing music that I love to hear. So why not throw those in mixed in with your own orig original music? So I feel like you always can, unless you're, uh, uh, unless it's not allowed or appropriate at a certain venue or, you know, people sometimes will tell you like, oh, well, we only want your original music. Um, so it kind of just like using discretion on like when that's appropriate, but I mean, I love it. Like I would probably won't stop unless I have to. <laughs> oh so, yeah. South by Southwest 
congratulations. I announced that at the beginning of the show, 2023. So tell me when you found out about that and just the lineup and when, when this is really taking place here so that people can tune in and look for this performance. Yeah. So this whole thing was like kind of crazy. Um, I had written down on a, on a, like, what's it called? Like a goals for 2023. I had written down on there that I wanted to play South by and some other big shows here in Austin. And I didn't really know how to make that happen, but I just did what I could to keep letting people know I was available that week. And, um, because I didn't even know that you could apply. I had no idea. So that wow. probably was also like, I, did, I had no idea you could apply. So I missed the deadline and I had gone, I had played this show at a venue here in Austin. And I met a guy that works for one of the people that kind of runs South by. And he gave me a call randomly one day and said like, Hey, what are your goals for 2023? And I told him one of them was to play South by but that I thought I missed the deadline. And he was like, oh, well, you're gonna play. And I was like, what? And he was like, well, we're gonna get you to play. And I was like, no way, like, that's so sick. So um, I must admit, I, I did shed a tear just cause that was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, like, that's really crazy that, that you know, that came to fruition. But um, yeah, so from there, we just started talking about what days and I'll be playing a show for Sonic Guild on the 14th, on the 15th, and then a show for EQ on the 16th, and then a show at North Door on the 17th. So three different shows that week, um, official, officially a South by artist. That's, that's big. That's, that's huge. 2023 South by Southwest artist. What's going to be the goal that you're looking to get on after that now, now that you've accomplished and mastered South by Southwest. I mean, the, the, performance, the performance hasn't happened yet, but what's after that? Because I know people are always looking for what's the next step yeah. what's next for you then. Uh, it's bold. It's definitely a bold uh, goal, but I would love to play ACL. Mm. I, 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 it's a little crazy because I just started, you know, being known as, as, a, as Grace, but um, I would love to play ACL in the next year or so. I would love to tour opening for someone that's like way bigger than me, like way out of my league. Like one of the people I love, like Ari or Kalani or Miguel or anybody that's way, you know, just beyond me so that I can work up to it, you know, yeah. and learn from it. So something like that would be super dope. Um, or just anybody that I would love to tour with someone and get some of that practice in. Uh, yeah, that's for shows wise. Mm -hmm. When you're in the room with these artists, Rap City, Quinn, NFN, Diana Ross. I'm going to bring this right back to the greatest artist of the generation. I used to think he was, but Drake, when we get right into this now, because I remember watching an interview with Thank Me Later and just learning about his story and all the adversity that he had to face. And he said that when he was in the room with Jay-Z, Kanye, Lil Wayne, he didn't feel like the elephant in the room. He felt as though he was on their level. He was just waiting to prove himself. Do you feel as though that you're on that same wavelength when you're in the room with those artists? Totally. I mean, not next even, up then. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not even in like an egotistical way. It's just when you're in the room with people that it's almost like I've been waiting so long to be in a room with people like that. It's like you fit. It feels like you you're finally you fit in somewhere because it's been you know my whole life has been kind of like dang I don't fit here I don't fit here I don't fit here. But when you're in the room with artists like that, there's just this chemistry. Like I swear there's like some chemical balance that happens in the air that like everybody just gets it. And and I 
it's the same thing with like performing on stage like um it might seem scary and sometimes I'll I'll like perform and I'm like how did I not get nervous but it's just when you're in the right place you're you're in the right place you know and I feel like um when you just kind of surrender like into that feeling like good things happen so it's just you just you can't just sit there being like oh I don't belong here like because the truth is is if you're there you probably belong there so you just enjoy it and and just learn as much as you can and like be the best like at giving energy just as much as you're receiving so that's just been what I've learned from from those experiences something that you've learned when looking back at your career too that you wish you kind of took earlier on I did take note of was that you can't expect that immediate result which you want from doing something totally yeah I mean yeah I feel like even though I'm relatively younger um I've spent so much time thinking that I was behind or not moving fast enough but the truth is is that I, I fully believe that everything happens in the timing that it's meant to be so you know, when you feel like, oh, I, I did this song and it's not going anywhere or, you know, I've released a lot of music that just kind of sat there. Um, but you just have to trust like, OK, well, it'll happen eventually. You just trust the process. Like maybe you need time to learn more. Maybe you need time to mature. Maybe you need time to to grow out of it, like grow out of the group that you're in or things like that. Like you just have to really trust the timing. Everybody says that, but like you really do have to. Yeah, exactly. You got to trust the timing. But when it's your time, everyone back the F up. Like Onyx it's is out. Play back time. Yeah. It's time to show out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When it is your time, no one else is on that. No Kanye moments. No no one coming <laughs> to snatch the microphone out of my hand. It's my time. And that's it. And that's and that's how it has to be. For the for the upcoming music that you're working on right now, is it gonna be similar to digits? Are we getting more pretty boy? captivity because that was a, a song that drew me into your ep as well because it's just the piano and just you Thanks. giving us the the vocals right there on the spot so what what's your attack on the next upcoming releases what's gonna what's it gonna sound like to us yeah so it'll have a lot of more more programmed sounds so a little less organic as solar system or like captive but it'll still have those those feelings i guess because i know i'm i'm just starting out so i have the the ability to to learn and try things so there will be a house song on on there okay and some other like just different types of genres i even thought about um i might <laughs> i might release a salsa song okay a single just for fun um we'll see reggae I'm maybe because i'm not sure that was your favorite girl <laughs> maybe not i don't know if i could do reggae i feel like you have to be like from jamaica to okay. <laughs> like or, or something. i don't know i don't know if i would do that but um but it'll be a little more exploratory just because i'm i'm able to right now um but it'll be cohesive and, and definitely r and um, i'm working with a really dope producer named business boy right now um who's done a lot of things for like tiana taylor and a lot of r&b greats that i love so that type of vibe will be on there just very classic you know r&b um so yeah it'll, it'll have a lot of flavors to it mm -hmm. r&b people say it's a dying genre there's so many mixed feelings that i feel about it people around the world feel about it looking on twitter last night i was reading this thread what is the definition of r&b i wanted to respond just 90s r&b that's my definition of it but coming from grace sorensen's point of view what is your definition of r&b 
I think it's just feel good music. I think it's just that that vibe that makes you want to just like dance and like be in your body and like groove because that's what it does to me. And, you know, growing up dancing, anytime that there would be like a hip hop class where it was like groove hip hop or they'd play like R&B, I was living my best life because it just gives you this this like feeling that it's just, it just makes you feel beautiful. It makes you feel like powerful. And I just love that about R&B. So I feel like who, anybody can do it, you know, as long as you're tapped into that. Um, but I, I could see why people say it's a dying genre, but I think they're just afraid of change. And I think people are yeah. afraid of like it, it, you know, morphing into something else or, or evolving, which I think is great. So, so you know, people are always going to have an opinion about it, but I think it's great. Mm-hmm. No, it is. But getting into your travels, because you've been to Mexico, Belize, you've been around the world a little bit. So do you feel as though those experiences to travel into those countries help shape your music at all? Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think it shaped me, really, mm. is the first thing. Um, I'm so grateful for those experiences. My dad just has done a lot of work around the world. Um, and I was able to go dance in Israel for two weeks, um, like four years ago. So random. One of my school, my dance friends' mom uh, was able to. They were bringing her family, and so I just tagged along. But those experiences have taught me a lot about like culture and and the way that people, just music and other cultures, and how music affects other people. And the one thing that you'll always see traveling anywhere is there's music everywhere you'll never go somewhere or walk down the streets and for for more than like a few miles and not hear any music like it's so weird if you do like you might be in a weird place that you need to leave from like that's a little weird so you know you're always going to find music and you're going to find people creating events and creating restaurants and creating uh tradition around music so that really inspires like this deep like you know music is so deeply rooted in in our families and cultures so why not keep it alive it just makes it you know you realize the power that music has you can see it and it brings everyone from all walks of life together we see that everywhere every day you know music is the number one thing you know a lot of people they like (laughs) sports but for me i love both so yeah (laughs) absolutely so when we when we dive further into this with your career are there record companies reaching out to you yet? Because I, I think it's time. I mean, it's it's long overdue. Is there people reaching out? Is there? Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. Which I, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a few A&Rs reach out, which is uh, really, really dope. Um, no, like, you know, deals have been presented to me yet. Um, I still, you know, have to work my way up. Um, but I think... I mean, it's, it's really another, just one of those things that I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Like I'm on the right path, I think. So just got to keep pushing and, and see where it leads, but um, I'll just see where 2023 goes. Mm-hmm. No, it, the, the, it should be signed, but it has to be the right deal. I know everyone, this is the independent era. You know, yeah. some of these artists get deals because the, their brother works for the label and all, but I think yeah. when you really look at it at the end of the day, people, the record labels, they have to turn to what's talented out here. That's how they're going to survive in the end, because you're not going to survive off of what's trendy on TikTok. Start taking yeah. the 90s approach and seeing what the early 2000s did, because that music is timeless. Yeah. And and that's I have beef with TikTok. Like, no offense, but like TikTok, I just can't. 
I, I had to delete the app. Like I used to. Try. I deleted mine too. I don't like TikTok. You did? I, yeah, I deleted mine, and, and I'm not even. I have no music capabilities at all. But I just. Yeah. I don't like it. There's just something about it. It. I'm not for it. Yeah, I don't even have to. I'm sure we're on the same page then. But yeah, I just thought it was really strange, like how I could scroll through and I'd be like crying at one video and then like howling at the next one. I'm like, there has to be something that has to be doing something bad to my brain. Like there's no way I've been able to scroll for like four hours and not know. I heard so, about that. You were on this a lot. I heard you were on this for hours and hours and hours. Is that right? I used, to, I used to be on TikTok yeah. way too long. And I'm not like a, I'm not... My sister would disagree, but I'm not like a huge phone person. I'm only on my phone because I have to be because my mm. business is ran off of, off of my or social media technically. Um, so I'm on there for that. But like, I love not being on my phone and I really hate social media. Yeah. Just, and especially TikTok, because also I'd like scroll and see like such an innocent video of like two girls dancing in the living room. And then I'd open up the comments and like they're just ruining these girls like saying horrible things or like a picture of like a dog and then they're like ruining this poor dog and I'm like it's a dog like what are y'all doing so the hate on TikTok is just it's so saturated that I'm like why would you want to be on there and even see that like not even because I'm worried about getting it myself it's just like why do I want to see that like happening to other people so I just felt weird about it and I don't know I think it I don't know it's just not for my personality but it's great for some people so you know they can they can do that for them but it's just not for me yeah no i i totally agree especially with yeah. i'm big into twitter and instagram because i have to be on it to promote what i'm doing but totally. it's getting out of hand especially when you see like takeoff when they really now when you have artists that are gunned down they show their dead bodies and they post it on twitter it's that just happened? yeah they did that to take off i saw the video and i was just i couldn't believe it when i saw it people do anything for for clout nowadays oh. and, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it's just insane no shame in it and it just goes to show you that this is what the apps run off of and i'm not for it it's whatever but tiktok's deleted maybe one day when we reach the the levels that we really want to get to we can hit the delete on instagram and twitter too because i'd like to go back to real life (laughs) you and me like we're in this together then like that's the goal for sure but yeah that's crazy i mean twitter twitter scares me because i see all these like these i just can't like <laughs> all these scandals happening on twitter i'm like i can't yeah, Plus, yeah. I, I just never have been big on twitter but that's crazy that they show things like that like how is that allowed no especially with that that freaking idiot elon musk running twitter yeah. now. you can't trust that you can't trust that anyone on there now yeah put- i know exactly so i'm like ah, there's, some, there's some stuff going on here that i don't know if i want to be a part of yeah no no you can't be a part of it but management are you your own manager yeah 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 i've I've had some like conversations about management but it's like dating so you have to like test it out see if it like really fits or not because you can't force you know that relationship so i i I pray it'll come soon because i i would like to have some some help over here um but you know it just has to be like the right person that like you know knows knows people that I'm trying to get into contact with and things like that. Well, I I think for sure down the road, an agent would work for you because I know you're in the fashion sense. Do you think about pursuing that any further once the the music starts to take off? Because when you get in the one lane, often person has so many different interests. So would you want to do like a Fenty line of your own or get into the fashion world? Is that something that you're interested in? Most definitely. I mean, I've, I've always loved fashion. Um, always like I've always dressed the way that I do now so it's 
it's just something I've always wanted to create more of. And I, I've, my mom has always seen me complain about like how there aren't pants that like fit at the waist and then are big on the bottom, like in with cool shapes and things. Like I know Jenko was like a huge change in the industry, which I love Jenko jeans, like super cool. Um, so that type of thing has been in FUBU as well, but it's nineties. Yeah. FUBU. Yeah. yeah. FUBU is, is super sick. So all those brands have been really inspiring to me and I, I would love to one day get in, step into that and be able to design my own pieces and especially jewelry, because if, if you can't tell, I like jewelry, um, especially hoops. So I would love to have, you know, my own designs of, of different hoops and things like that, just to spread, you know, the culture and, and my love of, of gold jewelry. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I would love to. That's amazing. And you're going to take over that lane as well. But Grace, what's next for you besides for the release side of things? What What's next? Are you planning on releasing a single EP? What, what's going to be next for the release? Yeah, it'll be, I mentioned like maybe a salsa single. Yeah, the salsa, yeah. It's for my Latino family and my, my Latino fans and whatnot. Uh, but after that, it'll be a full album, uh, which will be my debut album. So I'm I'm trying to curate it really nicely. So that you know it has some support behind it um so that'll come out 2023 and it's 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 almost halfway done so we're getting there yeah any surprise features i know you're not a big feature person you're like j cole but are we going to get a surprise feature on here you think yeah (laughs) i don't know i mean they're like i don't want to like out him i don't want to look like i'm fangirling but digits that that video that like went viral um ty dollar sign found me through that and then Mm -hmm. followed me on instagram wow that's big yeah it was yeah it was super sick and i was like this is super cool like someone you know from the industry that i really love his work uh is seeing me and is seeing me to enough to follow me to see where i'm gonna go next so i would dream it would be amazing to have him on a song maybe down the line not maybe not this album but uh, eventually I'd love to work with him because he works with Leon Thomas a lot. And yeah, shout out to Leon Thomas. He's been on the yeah, show. Interview him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed him. I think over a year ago. Yeah, shout out to Leon. He's that's awesome. He's one of those those goats that are out there that people never bring up, and he's yeah. he does a lot. He does a lot. He's incredible. Like he yeah. was such a big part of SZA's album, and yeah, he's one of my other like favorite artists for sure and favorite producers. So. Both of them, you know, I feel like they're a good company. So eventually I'd love to work with both of them. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the greats out there. And that would be a dynamic duo between you two. It's going to happen. I would love that, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's going to happen. And, and speaking of you not wanting to be a fangirl or whatever, wasn't there someone that you ran into in a bathroom somewhere and they followed you on Instagram or something? I remember How do you know this? <laughs> yes. I was at <laughs> yeah, I was at ACL last year. Um I got like a very last minute call to do backup dancing and choreography for Lily Is That You. And I was in the bathroom doing my makeup or hair or something and Noah Cyrus walks in and I didn't want to be that I didn't want to be like, oh my God, like Noah. So I just like was like miss noah cyrus and she was like oh hey and i was like oh my god like can i get a picture <laughs> like and i didn't want to be that girl but i had to be that girl because i really like noah cyrus and she was super sweet and then ended up following me and my friend that was dancing with me so yeah it was just super cool and then i also got to meet james blake um okay another- yeah that's another inspiration yeah 
Yeah, another huge, huge person that has influenced a lot of my sound too. So yeah, it was just so random, but I was like, cool, like no Cyrus. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Grace, is there anything else you want to let your fans know that we didn't cover here tonight? I think we got everything out the way. I mean, it took you a while to get your high school diploma, but I think yeah. you eventually picked that up. <laughs> yeah, I, heard, I didn't know that too. <laughs> yeah, I think I picked it up like a year late. Yeah. Don't worry, my college had to send mine in. I blew off my graduation, but that's really? a whole you, other story. You not even go to the graduation? No, I didn't go. No. It, yeah, th- that story will come out maybe eventually way later in my in my own biopic. I'm manifesting that. It, yeah, I pulled a J. Cole because J. Cole went to St. John's too, and he did the same thing. Send it in the mail. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, that's pretty cool to me. I think that's like a power move, but, you know. That's just me. Were they mad at you for that? Do you get in trouble? Um, no, it, it'll come out later. I'll just let you know. Me and St. John's didn't end on good terms. I had a lot of beef with them in the end. And you know, oh, okay, okay. So I just basically said that I'm going to graduate in a private ceremony with, with my own family and just nice, said yeah. I'm not going showing up there. You know, it, it's done. Like they could never. And when you look at it, you know, St. John's for my universe, because I know you, you don't like bad mouth in your school. But I haven't really publicly to. addressed it. Yeah, you don't want to. I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. So <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah, I need to get like that. That that's the difference between me. I'm too real for this industry. That's the difference. Yeah. Me. <laughs> the, every alumni that they've had, whether it's Mike Francesa, Jay Cole, they real. There's not too many positive stories that come out of St. John's. You know, only yeah. a few rare rare ones. I had a negative experience in my senior year towards the end last semester which that relationship is forever clipped it's over yeah. for him. so that that's I mean, big that's why i didn't go to my graduation blew it off completely so i mean good for you i mean like moving with integrity is important and and like i'm not trying to bad mouth my old school too but yeah. i can but was it a similar situation is that why you yeah very it was just one of those situations where i left mid-year i couldn't even finish the year i was like no way i'm staying here so I, I can kind of relate to what I think might have happened, but yeah, when that story comes out, I'll I'll watch. Yeah. Oh no, I appreciate it. it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a hell of a story, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Your story as well. I mean, you know, when when you're going through this, because I understand. I feel like with the wavelengths, the stories are a little bit similar. With just when studying what you went through and just that big thing you saying that wanting that instant result. Because mm-hmm. that's something I had to figure out when I was starting to get these big interviews my junior and like sophomore year. I yeah. thought I was going to be like, oh, but it didn't pop. And it po- like it, people are like, oh, you've popped, you popped, but not to the way that I want to still. I feel as though I haven't reached my apex at all yet. And you had a, a moment where you said earlier that you had a crying moment with getting the South by Southwest. That was your crying moment. I haven't had one of those moments yet. When you hear about yeah. Benny the Butcher, him getting that album with Hit Boy, that was his moment. Yeah. My moment's still coming. So, you totally. know, people people look at everything I've accomplished. Yeah. That crying moment hasn't came yet. So, but you're going to have plenty more of those crying moments. Don't worry. I, I hope so. I mean, I, I love a good cry. So I'm not, you know, I'm welcome. I'm opening my arms to it. But yeah. yours will come as well. But yeah, I definitely understand like bad terms. With yeah, this yeah it just drop them you know yeah. you, that's what you gotta do gotta go yeah. but yeah other than that um there's i mean i'm 
just doing my thing. A lot of collab work, like those the songs with Rhapsody coming out, like definitely keep your eye out for that. The Black Odyssey album coming out, keep your eye out for that too. Um, oh, I'll actually be at the Austin Music Awards too. Okay. They have a, they do this every year um, where they award the best artists, best R&B, blah, blah, blah. And this year I had no idea until someone posted their nomination and I was in it and I was like, oh, that's my name. So they, I have, I was actually nominated for best R&B and best vocalist. Wow. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was so cool. It's so random. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing that. And I think you can still vote. So if people want to go vote like that, you can, um, but yeah, that's coming up to, to like in here in, I think three weeks. So, yeah. And, and just think someday you're going to be in that category of best R&B artist, best R&B album, and you're going to have some troll that says, who's Grace Sorensen? And everyone's going to yeah. go out on my Twitter. <laughs> that's yes, what's going to yes, happen. For me, because I don't have Twitter. I need you to like go for him. Like, yeah, but it's okay. The haters are always going to be there. So yeah, no, exactly. But Grace, thank you for coming on the show tonight. I really enjoyed the conversation and just learning about you and what you're doing for R&B and hip hop because you're bringing it back to to the roots, in my opinion. Because I, I, I mean, there's some talented R&B artists out there right now, like SZA. She's doing her thing, absolutely. But when we look at it, there's a lot of work to be done. As Kobe says, job not done, job not finished. So long way to go here but grace they can follow you on instagram at real grace s you don't mm -hmm. have twitter but that's it yeah that's yeah. it my youtube my spotify and and apple music is just my name so if you like listening there you can listen on title whatever it's even on soundcloud so yeah i'm i'm around just not on tiktok or twitter so yeah and go check out digits available on all platforms Record labels, give her the bag already. Sign her. <laughs> give her that Aaron Judge contract. How about that? For real. Oh, right? <laughs> uh, you already know. Grace, thank you for coming on the show. You're always welcome. I look forward to everything that you achieve in the future. You're always welcome back on the show anytime. Love to be back. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it, Grace. And, you know, until the next time, you'll be on Kimmel and Fallon. That's something that you're manifesting. So you'll be on there as well. So take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. Stay safe. Thank you so much. You too. Yeah. Peace out. Peace.